Welcome to Artificially Intelligent Marketing, a weekly podcast where we stay on top of the latest trends, tips, and tools in the world of marketing AI, helping you get the best results from your marketing efforts. Now let's join our hosts, Paul Avery and Martin Broadhurst. I'm delighted to announce a guest to Artificially Intelligent Marketing this week. Say hello to Angkor Pandey. CEO and co-founder of Longshot, which is an AI-driven content marketing suite of tools with everything from content generation to content optimization with some clever, sophisticated workflows to make your life easier as a content marketer baked right into the tool. Anchor has founded multiple SaaS startups, always in the AI space, and launched Longshot about two and a half years ago, which in the world of AI feels like Several millennia, I guess. We've seen quite a few changes in that time. So uh, welcome to the to the show. Thanks a lot, Martin. Um, uh, it's my pleasure to be here on this show. Excited. So you've been around the content marketing space for a while now. You've had a tool helping content marketers. I'm interested to get your thoughts on how that content marketing landscape has really changed over the last few years in no small part due to AI? Uh, first of all, when it comes to content marketing, uh, by now, pretty much every serious content marketers would uh, use uh, AI in their workflows, right? I mean, the degrees might differ or where they use it, how they use it, etc. But then it has become uh, pretty universally accepted. So the biggest uh, change, uh, if I can just call it one change, is the overwhelming acceptance. What I used to see couple of years back was that marketers would be a bit skeptical. And I, I think I understand the reason. Uh, over the last decade or so, there had been over promises in, in terms of content marketing space, especially uh, a lot of AI or technology tools, promising things which would rather turn out to be not at least as much as they the claims would be. Uh, the initial skepticism was probably justified. But I think by now, Everybody knows that AI in content marketing is here to stay and that content marketers uh, of all types, of all sizes, in every niche, in every industry, would use it. Uh, so, so that's like the one biggest change I would point out. What I'm particularly interested in and looking to get into the discussion with you is how mm-hmm. AI sits alongside the latest developments that we've seen in search engine optimization, such as Google's helpful content update, which now tells us that you've got to be writing high quality, helpful content for humans. Uh, And obviously that's got to be done in conjunction with the EAT guidelines as well. Mm. Um, So in that context, in the modern contemporary 2023 content marketing uh, landscape. Tell us, how does uh, Longshot work? I would kind of start from the point of view of uh, uh, content marketers who would be interested in SEOs. The answer is slightly more direct for those kind of content marketing folks. The impact on SEO merely by using AI content was kind of either overblown or uh, was kind of in some sense a lot of confusions around it. And they have gone. And there are two main reasons for that, right? One is that, you know, people have understood that uh, or at least learned some tricks of the trade, like, you know, where exactly, how should they use it, right? And second thing is that, for example, Google has taken a very open position, right? That 
initially there was some kind of confusion around it but now it is it was pretty clear that it, they're not after ai content so to speak and we are also showing seeing that specific uh, sort of you know ask or other behavior in our customers or in our users so i guess uh, get less and less confusions with respect to uh, will this ai content uh, not rank or uh, will that be penalized i think that is pretty much you know negligible uh, people have seen that just because ai uh, the impact uh, was not not there in the sense that if the content is bad if the content did not resonate with the overall domain etc of course there will be an seo sort of down um, side or there'll be an impact but not merely because it was an ai content per se also another reason is that uh, we are seeing ex like you know both tools uh, making like uh, my own tool we try to for example you know create sophisticated enough workflows so that uh, we tend to create as much human like on brand content as possible plus the ai technology itself has improved it has itself uh, become less synthetic over the time so i think it's a combination of many factors so i would say uh, unless if you're trying to abuse it if you're trying to create bulk content without any oversight and uh, with a like a primarily spammy intent you should watch it watch out but beyond that it's reasonable to accept that if the content is good you're good google's position on that is is very clear they've said that they won't yeah. punish you as long as it is helpful to the readers um so you touched on your tool there many people listening uh, won't have tried long shot um tell us about it so uh long shot uh, i mean as martin already uh, you mentioned that it is a content suite of products we serve content marketers in a variety of workflows primarily long form content that's why the name and you know, so we basically tried to solve the problem which was rather uh, confusing for serious content teams for example think like hallucination a uh, factuality etc so if you are creating uh, content for let's say a brand uh, so you would not want content which would be very generic uh, would have factual inaccuracies or would hallucinate right uh, so in order to do that we developed the workflows which would you know try to fix that by a variety of methods right so the product is not is is a combination of many features and that had to be the case because there's no single one single use case by content teams right they uh, do a variety of jobs and this is a field which keeps on evolving right and therefore we have to also cater it so today if you go to long shot you would be able to write you know really complex and long uh, content with a, with an extremely guided uh, sort of approach right let's say you want to create a listicle article and you would have you can upload or give inputs your own context your own personality the brand voice things of that nature and then you can guide it along the way and finally optimize when i say optimize it's not just seo it's things like plagiarism and readability so we try to be at a space where it's a overall assistant to a content team and then of course if there are interventions required that can there are also features for that for example you can send it to a team review within the product and lot of people do that tag their team members etc etc right uh, that's our goal and we are of course progressing towards that goal you were one of the first out of the traps in the industry to really focus on mm. reliable content you spoke a moment ago about inaccuracies and hallucinations and you launched uh fact gpt as it was originally that's called true. i don't know yeah. if the feature is still called fact gpt now but you were one of the first out of the traps with that tell us what was it that you saw in the industry that led you to go down that route factgpt is a feature inside longshot it is still called factgpt and of course the feature has since grown to to do many other things so basically as the name is uh, we realized that 
uh, you know, the generic AI tools, including chat GPTs, etc. were really good in creating high quality content styles, but they did not do that well when it comes to two, three things, right? For example, if you want to produce something which is very recent, or if you want to upload your own context, you have you know, a plethora of data, you want to sort of give it to the AI, right? This was not easy. I wouldn't say that it was impossible, but for a, let's say, content team, there's a lot of work to be done. Right? And there are a lot of things under the hood. So we decided to solve this problem. Just to summarize, if you want to make sure the content is either recent or you want to give your own context, or if you want to just focus your content on some specific websites, let's say you trust 10 websites for a specific type of news, a specific type of content. You want to base your content only on these 10, let's say. So what do you do? So those are the kind of things which ChatGPT uh, attempted to solve, still solves. And we were, of course, motivated that primarily by our users asked that they uh, wanted a method to do that. They would initially, what we saw that they were producing a generic draft and then they're in some sense updating the recent fact, right? So uh, so they were doing it in two parts. And we real thought, can't we, you know, kind of combine this? So this was the primary motivation. We eventually arrived at something which did work. And it has been growing since then. You know, since then it has grown to be much more sophisticated. It can handle lots of varieties of data and much more context. And thanks to both my team's work as well as upgradation of the AI itself, which we also leverage. So... So it's basically the technology itself has evolved and the product therefore has also evolved. You mentioned the the AI has evolved. You've built a tool which has connections to external APIs and you've built your own products on, on top and you've also developed your own products behind the scenes. Can you talk to us about bringing the product together and the, the models that you're using and, and how you go about choosing whether to develop your own model mm. or, or application? or integrating into something that already exists? I would say it's a, it's been an interesting uh, scenario. The reason is that uh, we use AI technologies like OpenAI, and now we also leverage others, for example, Claude, Kuhar, many other open source, fine-tuned llamas, etc., and some homegrown ones. But what it really happened is that when we were uh, developing it, or I'm basically summarizing the whole two and a half years journey, uh, we were developing and testing and seeing, is it okay or is it good for our users? The technologies for whom we were customers were also learning along the way. So open AIs of the world and coheres and clots of the world have actually also uh, improved thanks to their users, including me, right? We were, for example, we, I remember we had lots of deep dives. We still do uh, with the open AI teams, cloud teams, etc. In that sense, we kind of became a front for these technologies to also go. And but it was pretty symbiotic that way. To answer the question specifically about what models to choose, this was based on both external tests, internal tests. We would go back to the research literature, seeing that which model will perform best. But we'll also do that testing on our own sample. As our user base grew, we knew uh, where to test, what to test for, where are these issues which come, right? So today when we test, uh, we do not just believe in the openly available benchmarks, right? All the AI APIs which we develop they would uh, have to undergo some kind of testing process, right? Uh, and they will publish these testing process. They're okay, this did plain X, Y, Z, etc. So that would be a good signal, not the complete signal. Why? Because your own specific type of uh, user behavior might differ, right? So they went by, like these testing platforms kind of look at general behavior, right? We wanted for our type of users, right? And we by now had extremely sophisticated uh, testing sets for that. So we do that. We have been doing that. This is actually a pretty ongoing and a parallel process. 
this is the primarily motivator which AI technologies to use where. Also, I'd like to point out that today in long shot and, uh, you know, by proxy, I can also say in many tools, there's no single sort of AI technology behind a feature. There is generally a chaining, right? So, for example, you would use, you not just depend on, for example, GPT-4, you'll do GPT-4, but for Riot pipelines, for example, you would do like embedding search for that. You will either have in something homegrown or, you know, so generally it's like a pipeline of small or big AI technologies. Uh, so, which has gone rise to the user behavior and this is going to grow more sophisticated. Now with GPT's marketplace launched and I think co-pilot style things coming soon, we will see it more and more. This chaining of entire things and creating extremely sophisticated workflows. So, excited to see what part we will play in this. You mentioned the embeddings and embedding searches and you also mentioned Cohere. Cohere is uh, one of the most highly regarded models for, mm -hmm. for search and embeddings. Yeah. Is that how you're deploying that within your, uh, within your workflows? Great. Cohere also we use at few places, not everywhere. So Cohere, uh, as you already said, Cohere is pretty highly regarded, but uh, among their set of AI technologies, uh, some are better than others. So they have something called Cohere Reranker. So now what this Reranker does is that if you, let's say, so you already mentioned fact GPT, which is a, a feature where you would upload or link to a lot of data and we'll process it, right? Square so is used somewhere there also, right? It does a good job that which document we should look at first or what is that order? So those kind of things Square has done pretty well, right? So we use in that in Square. But as I said, I know this keeps on changing. If we are speaking two weeks from now, I might have a different answer. That's really how the nature of the game is, right? Absolutely. In fact, it was less than 24 hours ago that Claude oh, yeah. 2.1 was announced with the 200K yeah. context window and improvements and uh, hallucination reduction and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, an ever-moving uh, landscape. Ever-moving. Uh, for yeah. sure. So just to take it back to the, the content marketing piece then, you've clearly been working with lots of customers in all sorts of se segments. Last time we spoke, uh, I, I know you were working with journalists and news teams, with marketing departments, with education teams. I mean, you name it. I think you, you were just about across it. What learnings could you impart to our, to our listeners about how to think about deploying AI tools within the content marketing workflow? First of all, Okay, I'll give you like the answers which we are more clear on because this is also something which is bound to be a bit opinionated. Uh, but something which is less opinionated, I would say that if your content style or the kind of content you're writing has sensitive to a uh, few things. For example, you are in fintech or you could be in compliance, legal, areas like that. So you have to, by definition, make sure that this veracity and hallucination are checked, right? That's maybe the first thing you should do. The style and the creativity is maybe take a back seat here, right? So therefore, for example, if you are picking a tool, I mean, our tool, whatever tool it is, right? So you make sure that is that prioritized. And similarly, then there are lots of use cases. We see that there, just after that, like there are some other guidelines, let's say. So we have teams which say that, you know what, like they want specific guidelines to be met. It could start from that they should have a specific tonality of the kind of content they have previously read. Now, so just understand that this is a bit complex because 
they will it's not like they know a name for this tonality let's say if i say write in the way how martin has written it's of course hard for anyone who has not read martin to understand right so we have to we do not have luxury to just know by if you just mention author's name right the style has to be in some sense discovered so this sometimes this becomes important for teens who are very careful about brand voice and then i as i said about brand guidelines so guidelines example guidelines could be that for example that they don't want abbreviations or they don't want any sort of names which or any legal terminologies to be shared or things like that right so now the point is that if these kind of things you can always do by hand right as traditionally has been done but uh, when you're selecting just see that is that prioritized or not right so i think that would be the kind of answer i'm pretty different and the reason is that we also tend to attract such users more because of course uh, just if you are interested to just write the content right if you have some quick idea and write a tweet length i think that's a pretty commoditized thing you don't have to even use any tool you just go on i think bings and googles of the world would solve it for you right so there but it depends on the sophistication and the sensitivity of your use case really on the flip side i would say that if you other things which are like uh, which also matter which we see for example we cater primarily in english sometimes also in i mean in few major eu languages and the reason being that some other languages like arabic and even hindi right indian languages are bit hard to kind of tame right i mean now it is improving uh, what i'm seeing is that there are dedicated tools coming for languages maybe that will grow so that also kind of factors in so i think there are few angles one which has to be vigilant about you've also introduced within the tool and you referenced this earlier the more collaborative the team hmm. based features is there anything there that you think teams need to to consider um one thing personally that i'm very keen on at the moment is pushing just the basic ai literacy right what are the models what are the limitations of the models what is a hallucination things like that so any other considerations that that teams or leaders of teams and businesses might want to consider when deploying ai technologies in marketing yeah so that's a good question i'm not sure if i have a direct answer to i think part of it is that like i'm actually surprised and very impressed that um, content team leaders content heads of content they are themselves are pretty much on it might not have been the case a year back but now they are themselves dated at least to a great extent on on a lot of in some sense in in context of ai literacy i think they are catching up fast right i'm not sure if as a tool we have a part to play there but that kind of ha- thing has happened post chat gpt i think people re- start to take it very seriously everybody and thanks in parts to influencers they did hype the thing but then everybody and their mother decided to give it a shot right so that basically became like a you know when a lot of people did it for the fomo right uh, that they have to understand what was going on thanks in no less part to all the constant drama which generally open ai surrounds themselves with including the recent one so in india for example there is a world cup going on right so i was seeing the chatter parallel chatter between two things right the world cup the cricket world cup that is and the open air right at least in that in tech interested community which was unprecedented uh, so yeah i would say that i would say that lot of ima- evangelism has happened because of marketing and a lot of public understanding already i think it would as any other technology right i think it would be in terms of what has to be what should be prioritized and what should not be prioritized uh, that has to be also solved i think apart from the marketing language i'm not sure what do i have to what would my role or at least 
product role would be there. I think mm-hmm. that would be in some educator's role. But, but one thing I would definitely say, any new technology, of course, adds to confusion. But if you compare it to a, a few other technologies, which has happened in the past, things like blockchain and all, it is still much less confusing, I would say. Things are much more straightforward. You can see for yourself it is working, right? For example, in a blockchain world, right? It's not trivial for anybody to just start playing with it. But here you can do it. So you can, in some sense, see for yourself. So because of that very nature of things, I think the education uh, has become much easier. Users can get value from it immediately. The time to value is yeah. is is very, very quick, isn't it? And, and like you say, there's no technical requirement. I can ask ChatGPT to write me a tweet about a topic and it will do it. Mm. And that's great. I say on the flip side, an NFT, I can buy a JPEG of a monkey. <laughs> so what? Right? Uh, where's, the, where's the value yeah. there? Not that I'm dumping on the NFT and blockchain community. I would never do that. You mentioned there the open AI drama. Um, are you confident that your board are not going to sack you and then rehire you in, in four days? Yeah, I hope not. And the reason is that we don't have that kind of board, right? Which would be, uh, which would have such a drastic disagreement. And I think this is really one of right? This is. Uh, this happens once in, you know, 30, 40 years, maybe like last time it happened was Steve Jobs, right? So I don't think that founders or CEOs kind of start, you know, doubting their votes, right? So mostly this will be one off. Yeah, hopefully. I think it does go to show the value of having a good board though, an experienced yeah. board for, for sure. Yeah, but I would definitely add that this actually taught a lot of us and it's not like this, we were all definitely prepared that one, no matter how big or how influential a particular, let's say, company becomes. Our job is not to just entirely depend on open eyes of the world, right? Either by use leveraging other elements or by using our homegrown versions, by fine-tuning open sources, etc. But that is definitely the what a general lesson for a builder in this space would be. So, so that I would definitely, in some sense, I would update my, this is something we already had a bit of careful about. But this kind of, I updated the sort of seriousness of this. I saw several people on threads at the weekend saying that they were switching over their, uh, their OpenAI APIs and applying to the Microsoft Azure models mm-hmm. um, so they could just do a like-for-like yeah. replacement. They felt much more confident uh, using it through Azure than, than OpenAI given the, the drama. Whether that's warranted or not, I, I don't know, but I, I agree. I think this gives developers cause for concern and, and to be aware of the over-reliance on, on one supplier, yeah. for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead to the, the AI landscape, things are changing rapidly. We've seen in the two and a half years that, that your product has been on the market, things have evolved quickly and the interest in the space has obviously gone through the roof in the past 12 months. Fast forward 12, 24 months. Where do you see the space heading? What's next for us? Yeah, this is something which I just had an opportunity to just speak on just a few days back. So it was not exactly about content marketing, but it was content management system, which also has extraordinarily like overlap, right? So I would base an answer from there and whatever I learned there. Really. Uh, so I would say that there are some really interesting trends which has, uh, which has come up, right? So... The role of content would not be, would drastically change in the sense that 
So what does, for example, what, how does a marketer be, treat content? Content is but a medium to inform your users, right? Things like that. So it's like you are putting some piece out there, somebody's reading it, understanding a few things or getting evangelized or stuff like that, right? So this whole philosophy uh, might be updated. So for example, this might sound futuristic. When we say futuristic, it might be like six months on the line, right? So whatever you are reading a blog and the blog updates itself on the real time, right? Based on what your signals are. I'm not saying that you have to chat everything and ask because sometimes when you try to ask, you don't know what to ask. You don't know what you don't know, right? But but it's like taking cues of your sort of past historical data and what have you liked, where are your sort of eyeballs on, things like that, right? So you would probably see a scenario where maybe like a, there'll be a draft content, but beyond that, it's truly personalized, right? Uh, with respect to this is, you know, I was also astonished when I kind of learned, but some people are taking this seriously, right? So... Uh, you know, CMS of the world of the world are trying to update themselves. Ki, what if this happens? What will their role be? How will you store the content, right? Uh, or those kind of things. Second thing I would say is that I think in order to truly stand out, two types of context would matter. Your context, as in the reader's context, which I already touched upon in the last point, as well as the brand context. It always used to matter. You have to uh, people would be interested in the messaging you have, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It still works like that. Uh, but then I think I think. It will go much deeper. I would not be surprised if every medium to large companies, uh, when they use a AI tool, either a tool or AI directly, they have fine-tuned it or adapted their use case. So, uh, the genericness will be will be for taken care of. We just were like in talks with a, a one big media player, and they had guidelines like this, for example. So, once so they are like a media company, and when they would talk about any person depending on what kind of uh, content it is, they would shun away from writing anything negative, right? But at the same time, they also have to present the facts. So let's say somebody did commit crime. All those things, it's a bit hard to capture today, right? And so we were trying to see what do you really mean? It's hard for users or humans to tell what they mean, but rather than show what they mean. And the last point I would like to say is this. I would also sense that there'll be innovations on how users interact with all these. But maybe there is something which is completely unthought of in terms of how people interact with the AI-first content tool. Right? It can be something which we have not even arrived. So I think even designers have a role to play here. Because maybe the true value of AI is not hidden in the better model, but it might be hidden in the th Like how do users interact with AI? So, for example, ChatGPT surprised everyone, including OpenAI. Uh, we're on record saying this. Uh, what what comes after ChatGPT? What is the next surprise? And I, I'm confident that this will happen. And content marketing is a world where you see the first innovations, right? Because there are a huge and very horizontal landscape, right? So, this will definitely be one of the first areas to both uh, get experimented upon as well as, you know, absorb it. Kathy Kozakov, the... Chief decision scientist at Google yeah. who recently left. She wrote earlier this year a blog post that said the the latest AI revolution is not an AI revolution; it's a design revolution. Yeah, and it yeah, was yeah. all about the user interface. And so I 100% agree with that. It was fascinating to see how getting a large language model into an interface just like WhatsApp suddenly changed the appetite and demand for these technologies. Hey, who knows? Maybe the next frontier for content marketing is the humane wearable and we'll all be 
creating content uh, through that kind of interface. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's way really dystopian idea. Let's see. <laughs> I'm not judging. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not fully sold on that as a concept just yet. Hmm. Let's look ahead for long shot. What are you working on? What can you give us a peek behind the curtain on? Right. So, so in long shot, you know what we are very bullish on the one aspect which we are convinced will be the next iteration is the brand voice thing. Brand voice, our definition also changed. We used to think that it's just the style of tonality, but it has actually evolved to the to multiple guidelines, rules, and the space keep evolving. And of course, we now we are actually working on a way that the most complex or the even most tracked, the most vague sort of, you know, ask can also be in some sense accepted by the voice. Like there is a feature or there is like a section of long shot, which is called auto blog workflows, wherein we try to create blogs in nearly, I would not say 100% automated fashion, but nearly automated fashion. Like this is also provide proved to a valuable. So rather than creating one generic template, we tend to give like a lot of popular templates, for example, listicles and some types of blog, like say a fintech blog would have a slightly different style and things like that. Right? But then what if you don't even find all that? What if you have a style of your own or context of your own and then you want to create your own pattern? So that all those things are working on. I would also say finally that uh, we have seen a lot of interest in APIs. A lot of people, especially larger companies, for whatever reasons, they want to use kind of solutions we offer, but maybe in their own CMSs, in their own environment. So for that, we had already brought up APIs, which are used by lots of companies now. But this is also going to be an increased focus. So you don't have to depend on using long shot, right? You can actually plug long shots APIs uh, in your own systems and, and it'll work like in C2. So those are the two, three main areas we would be focusing on. And for the readers who are interested, I don't intend to, as I said, be very focused this on too much long shot. But you can see for yourself. If anybody's interested, you can just go to long shot, get a free trial and and I'll be happy to hear your feedback of any type, criticism, you know, or critiques or praise, whatever, you know, bring it on. I would encourage people to check it out. I've been a long time user. I've seen the product evolve a fair amount over the past couple of years and looking forward to seeing where it heads. Also mm -hmm. actually building some tools with the API, getting that right. integrated into some of my own workflows as well. So how do you feel about the future of content marketing and AI? What can you leave us with before we say goodbye? So I would say that I think if there are still folks who are skeptical of AI technologies, I think you should embrace it. I think the issue is that it will replace the job is overblown and it will. The point is that replacing job can be seen as a welcome change to get on to new things, right? In the sense that even in this very space, content marketing has never been a space which was, which was set in stone, right? Every year it will go to any of be subject to changes, right? So I think I you and the reason I'm bringing it up is that we had the fair amount of such interaction previously. It has gone drastically down now. So I, my appeal would be to embrace it and by by your own expertise, we, the products like us will also improve, right? So that's the whole point. If there are some legit concerns which uh, product builders like ourselves have missed out so far, uh, this is our opportunity to embrace them. Fantastic. An optimistic end. Call to arms for content marketers to embrace AI. If people are interested in getting started with Longshot, they can check it out. It's longshot.ai and you get access to the full suite of tools via there. Thank you very much for joining me today. 
Thanks a lot, Martin. It was a you know lovely talk, and uh, you know hope to exchange notes soon in future. Fantastic. Cheers, bye. Thank you for listening to Artificially Intelligent Marketing. To stay on top of the latest trends, tips, and tools in the world of marketing AI, be sure to subscribe. We look forward to seeing you again next week.